This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, December 15th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Uh, Before I introduce the cast, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Christian Planner. The 2021 annual dated Christian Planner is made by Christians for Christians. Uh, It's designed for modern Christians to help keep you organized and Christ at the center of your life. It's available in three bindings, multiple colors. It's eco-friendly and made in the U.S. With the Christian Planner, you can walk in your faith throughout the year with space for journaling and sermon notes. And as a listener of the Relevant Podcast, you can also get a free sticker book for a limited time. Just add the sticker book to your cart and enter the code RELEVANT at checkout. Be sure to check out their amazing site-wide holiday deals and purchase your planner today at christianplanner.com. Use code RELEVANT. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia... Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. Yoski. <laughs> 10 days to Christmas, y'all. 10 days. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Speaking of... Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, Cameron. Uh, it's... I have, it's on everyone's I, mind, Jesse. It's, you know, it's what everyone's thinking about. And I was going to bring... I, I had I had three Christmas-related slices, and I'm going <laughs> to not bring one, because because I, one of them was pretty straightforward. It was it was a, a new study about what's better for the environment, a fake tree or a real tree. I'm... I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a real tree house now. Okay. Well, can can you tell us? Can you tell us? What, just tell us the answer. What's the answer? Yeah. What's your speculation, real quick? Well, I mean, the trees are a renewable resource, and fake trees are plastic that do not biodegrade. So I would think for the environment, I was going to guess real. I think you're going. I would say real too, just logically. But I think you're going to going to zag when we think you're going to zig, and I think the answer is going to be fake trees. It, it's 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 actually real trees by okay. uh, b- because it is you know th- th- so this was this was a, a study by a soil scientist and tr- Christmas tree farming is actually it, it is a science because it takes a Christmas tree so long to grow that yeah. they really you, you know they they are in the in the earth for a long time but when they cycle them out they they're on this constant growth cycle it's not like it's not like carrots or something where it's like hey the carrots harvest are here let's plant some new carrots and in a couple of weeks we'll have some new carrots it takes like 10 years to get a get an eight footer okay like <laughs> right. w- w- at the christmas tree lot so they put a lot of planting and they actually have pretty cameron to your point in all of agriculture some of the most sustainable agricultural practices so if you're looking to do the environmentally conscious thing the real tree is the way to go but it just hmm. got me thinking about the whole christmas tree thing in general yeah. are you guys real and i'm not judging i'm not judging <laughs> but uh you know there's something about the real tree in the house it's a huge mess right huge. like it, 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 it there's just the whole idea of taking you know I, I know jim gavkin has a bit about it but i mean we're taking a large thing that was in the forest and just putting it <laughs> in the center of the living room right like it, it's it's a whole thing i'm really conflicted about the the whole it's fun to have but are you guys are you guys real or fake people when it comes to trees in your home real uh every year. you have a real tree cameron every year mm-hmm. oh it's we a have whole a fake s- tree it's a whole thing. We go down to the lot. We tie it to the roof of the car. Aww. It's like it's a memory. It's that's fun. very sweet. I yeah. go to the same lot every year and ask same. the same 
same Christmas tree guy, the same questions. And I know he knows it's me, even though he sees hundreds of people. Because I ask him dumb questions about, so how far is a Christmas tree lot? How how high up alpine-wise we talk? You know, just stuff I have no idea about. But I want to be cool with the Christmas tree lot guys. And I and I, it's literally the same guys every year. Like, oh gosh, this guy's going to talk about goes. alpine lines again. Good Lord. Get him. Just, just get him an eight-footer and get him out, you know? So, but are you guys, uh, Derek, are you... You strike me as the type that, in theory, would like a real tree. But this year, given some of our recent conversations, I'm kind of curious where you're at with this. No Christmas tree this year. No Not Christmas, a Christmas tree, at tree at all. Our, our Christmas tree broke, and I just didn't get another Derek. one. So we, well, so we've ten just, days, Derek. We have just dressed up the whole living room, and the kids designed it in the way they wanted to design it, and okay. we got. Yeah, so they got lights yeah. and stuff all over the house in the living room. So it's not like we don't have anything. We just, right. I was just like, why am I getting this dumb tree? Like, yeah. and I know, you know, I know a lot of people love trees, Christmas trees or whatever, but we just, we didn't do it. No this Christmas sums up tree. 2020 at the minor house. Yeah. I think we're missing important detail. What do you mean the Christmas tree broke? <laughs> pretty sturdy. No, I had a, I had a fake Christmas tree. Okay. And it was in the attic. And it's just from all of the taking it up the attic, pulling it down the attic, because I'm the only guy in the house and it was like 10 feet tall. So then it was just like pieces start breaking off of it. Everyone that's had a fake tree knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the little things the limbs that won't come the, down. They, yeah. And it just got to the point where it's just unusable. <laughs> and then I, you're looking at Christmas tree like prices and I'm like, bruh. Nah, dog. Not we finna year. just. <laughs> hey, kids, what's up? What y'all want to do? Nah, I'm gonna, come on, man. Yeah. Look, hey, y'all come in here, take all them lights y'all got, bring them over here. We gonna put them everywhere around the house. So the the thing is, now that we don't have a Christmas tree, like our my whole house is just lit up with like Christmas lights on the banister, like around the windowsill, and all of that. So it's like our house is lit. From the inside. Your house is so. lit. Where are y'all putting the presents if they normally go under a tree? So, yeah. So, I got a menorah from Israel when I was in Israel a couple uh, years ago. So, we just have the menorah there. Love it. Have, have it dressed up really, really nice. Put our... Uh, Put our presents under there and, and enjoy it. Hey, Derek, I think you're on to something, man, because the Christmas tree is kind of last year. I was rec- I was recording this very podcast last year, and my <laughs> wife was adjusting. It was a large. It was the biggest Christmas tree we had ever gotten. It was huge. It was a real one, and we had decorated it, but it was crooked. Right? It's very <laughs> difficult to like get the like. Look, man, I'm not an engineer. I don't know. I'm tightening all the things on the base of the tree. It's exactly. difficult. What do you? It's got branches. I can't get a level in there. It's gonna. It's gonna be a little tilty and so dana wanted to fix it and uh you know she was adjusting the base right (laughs) and the base like as she's kind of you know how it is you got those four screws it's very complicated someone's got to come up with a better christmas tree base there has to be a solution by now where it's not just one adult has their arm fully in the tree like getting <laughs> scraped up and all sappy why that person's like no 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 this way oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah. but anyway she was adjusting the base and it started tilting over and she reached up and she grabbed the tree and she she was lying on the floor because she was at the base and at that point she realized I'm pinned here like oh. I have two moves oh. I either sit here and hold the tree 
or the entire massive decorated tree just collapses in the living room. And she's yelling. And I have the earbuds in, chopping it up about God knows what. And she was literally, like, I come down, she's, like, sweating. Her arm is, like, shaking, holding the tree. She's like, thank God. Thank God. I've been yelling for, like, an hour. There are hazards. Derek, I'm with you, man. There are hazards. Too much work. And then you got to throw it away. Then you, at the end, it's like, well, what am I going to do with this? You know? I'm just going to go dump it behind Food Line like last year, I guess. You know, in the, in the we dark had, of night. We had a real tree before, and Just, I'm an Enneagram Six, right? I tend to fear things. I would be up at night wondering if my house was about to catch on fire. Like, did we put water oh. in it? Is the tree too dry? Oh, we're all, my whole family's going to, I mean, I don't want to take this jokingly because this probably happened, but those things can catch on fire. That makes me nervous. I'm always nervous about real Why trees catching on fire. Why are you putting that out there? <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm like, Just what, telling I, you so, what my so dream you have to, to. You have to have water in the tree. I've, yeah. I've never had I've never had a real tree, so you yeah. have to. D- yeah, yeah. The, base, the base has water in it, and it just like a flower. It'll oh yeah, suck yeah, it yeah, up. yeah. We never gonna do that. I, I, That's Jamie, I, it's wonderful. Hey, it makes it makes the whole house smell like Christmas. It's wonderful. The I don't worst like that part, smell. The worst part is <laughs> the only bad part in my mind is what Jesse said. You know, after you've had it up for a month. This yeah. thing is like dead, dead, drying out, yeah. drying out. That's when you have to take everything off, making all the needles go everywhere. And you got to drag it out of the house, Mm-mm. put needles everywhere because they're Mm-mm. super dry at that point. Mm-mm. And so, Jesse, your your neighborhood, I can guarantee you, if you just put the tree by the curb, they'll come pick yeah. it up. I guarantee you. You don't have to take, you don't drive it to Food Lion dumpsters. You just leave <laughs> it out front. I didn't say man. dumpster. I just push it out the back. I just like, all right, untie the string. I'm going to get it. I untie the little rope and I just hit the gas. And I don't even look. I don't even look in the mirror. I don't even look in the mirror. Plausible. Hey, it's got plausible deniability. You just hit the gas. I don't know if it fell off. I don't know if it fell off behind the shopping center or in the neighborhood I was cutting through. I don't know because I didn't look back. I'm not going to lift it into a dumpster. The tree weighs like probably 80 pounds. It's very awkward. I barely, I can barely get it out my front door by myself. You think I can hoist it? I'm going to hoist the tree into a giant dumpster? No, no, no. You just untie the thread, you just hit the gas, and you do not look back. That's the key. It doesn't matter at that point. Doesn't matter. It's natural. It's not littering. Oh. It's like a banana peel. You're allowed to throw banana peels off the window. Because they're biodegradable. Animals eat them. The only thing you got to worry about is a tripping ha- is flipping hazard. That's it. By the way, no one, in my opinion, I've thought about this. No one has literally in the history of humanity slipped on a banana peel. I don't I even agree. know where that came from. That I agree. I don't know where it came from. Yes, it's absolutely. Preposterous. One, one. Okay, you, you, where are you going to see banana peels just sitting out somewhere on a beach under a banana tree? Well, guess what. <laughs> If a banana peel in the sand, you're not slipping. Okay? What is someone just lining hardwood floors with banana peels? It makes no sense. I don't know where that trope came from. But either way, I'm not worried about the Christmas tree. It's biodegradable. I'm, you know, go forth from whence you came, tree. And I just gas it back to nature. From dust into right dust. Right behind the Rite Aid. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Oh, Coming up later, we talk to, and we apologize to him and everybody who tuned in to hear him. Uh, uh, we have Andy Stanley joining us today. So I there's apologize. a lot of people who I are probably t- no tuning <laughs> in to hear some thoughtful, substantive conversation, which we do have later, just not at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. So well, stay tuned for that. That was also, thoughtful. There, there you go. It was very Jesse. helpful. Very helpful. Uh, we also have your feedback, which you don't want to miss because uh, you guys told us New Year's resolutions suggestions for the cast. So we're going to lob those to them at the end of the show. And right now, stay tuned. Up next. It's nice. Do you really 
listening to Alfie Templeman. The song is Shady. Well, today's show is also brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Let's be honest, talking about health insurance is not something anyone really likes to do. It can be confusing with lots of jargon. Plus, who really knows what it's really going to take care of? That's why Samaritan Ministries is a health care option you should consider. It's not insurance. It's Christians sharing health care costs and encouraging one another when there's a medical need. Here's how it works. You choose your health care provider. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to pay the bills and health care sharing is biblical and affordable. Samaritan members directly share healthcare costs with other members and the cost for an individual can be as low as $75 a month. You can join Samaritan Ministries any time of year, so why not today? Samaritan members know that when an illness or injury happens, fellow members are there to support them. Learn more at samaritanministries.org slash relevant podcast. All right, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, I'm going to address uh, uh, the debate that everyone's having right now. Obviously, yeah. it's it's the the subject of of national discourse, and it's gotten pretty heated. Um, and of course, I'm talking about what is the best Christmas movie to watch every year. Mm. If there's if you had one movie, Elf. That, that's it. Th- th- okay, that's without it. a doubt. Okay, so we have two for Elf. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. J- Jamie, what it so, but remember, th- there's some, probably some recency bias there because Elf is is relatively new to the 17, classics. 17 years old. It yeah. came out in 2003. And do you know how I remember that? Oh. It was the first mainstream ad that we ever had in the magazine, which launched mm. in 2003. They yeah. bought the back cover of the November, December issue oh, the first yeah. year we, oh, we had wow. relevant. So oh, we yeah. had a big ad for Elf. So, so, so I'm like, so I'm what, you're say, what, what you're For saying is... For me, it's is, either Elf or Home Alone. Those are my two. Okay. Uh, uh, Jamie, what's your thoughts here? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Elf. I, I will tell you guys, I told y'all last week I'd never seen, what's it called? That's a, that's a Christmas movie. Christmas Vacation? Vacation? Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you watch it? it? Well, it show, I went to the movies last week by myself and watched another movie, but I saw that they're playing it there. So I'm going to watch Die Hard this Christmas okay. season in the movie theater. I mean, I'm going to do it for you guys. I'm going to do it for you guys. But it's not it's not in the top five of Chris, Christmas movies. Though. Well, maybe to me, pre-Elf, five, sure. like uh, my number two slash number one before Elf was Christmas Vacation. Mm. But, oh, yeah, but there's yeah. that one scene. So yeah. I can't watch it with my family or my kid because that pool scene and I, I, I watch it with my kids. I fast forward it. It was, it was, it was an easy fast forward. That's where they skinny dip. Yeah. Is that, that it's it? PG 13. And so it's like, there's this literally an unnecessary 10 seconds that make it PG 13. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I want, I was talking to my son the other day. I was like, Hey, we should watch vacation. Cause you've never seen it. Christmas vacation. And I was like, okay, I'll just like, there's, I told him, I was like, there's this one part that's inappropriate. We'll just fast forward through that. But the rest of it's really funny. You know, we ended up watching elf. I'm, <laughs> so, going, yeah. I'm going, I'm going gremlins. Don't we can't you gotta remember Gremlins too. Gremlins, and you also gotta remember oh Christmas gosh. story. Christmas story is also up there with legendary Christmas movie. So Christmas story, I'm the I'm the person, you know, TBS plays yeah. it for twenty four hours on Christmas yeah. Eve. And so I'm always up very late that night wrapping presents. Right. <laughs> and so so I watch that every year, probably about three or four times through. Like every year. But I only will watch it on Christmas Eve when they do the marathon. But yeah. I, I'm with you too. Like I, I, I watch that every year, and then ah. I love uh, you know it's a Wonderful Life, and then some of the classics. You know, I watch those. Ah, well, the, yeah, those ones. <laughs> those ones feel like I don't like homework for movies. It's like okay, <laughs> I got it. I got it. 
I, I, yeah. I'll go read a book or something because you know, <laughs> like even my kids. Uh, we had uh, we, it's a Christmas life. story. It's great. What are you talking about? Christmas story was on, dude. Just, it's the, for the young generation. It's way like, they're not getting it. It's like nothing even makes sense. They don't even understand how these kids are dressing anymore. You know what I mean? It's like nothing. They lost the context for everything. It just doesn't work. Um, but <clears throat> there are two different. Um, uh, uh, you know, pretty big players in kind of the 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 movie world. Um, uh, conducting some research about what is the essential Christmas movie. So, Redbox, uh, which is a a movie kind of rental service and streaming service, they still um, exist. They do. They, they're is that primarily the things outside of CVS. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I, I mean, I jammed. When I was in college, I used to tear them red boxes up, boy. <laughs> Man, I, I jammed, I jammed a full Christmas tree behind a red, a literal red box one time. <laughs> <laughs> I went, you know what you know red box to me like i always wonder like when i see them i'm like who has dvd players anymore like i, know, I don't, I don't even know, know how to play that but but then they also rent games and i'm thinking about my son like rent renting a video game for a couple bucks like <laughs> i'll do that all day long yeah, yeah. And, and i mean obviously there's like a million places where you can rent a movie on demand these days but red box the, the pricing wise and selection is actually pretty competitive i've rent i've rented red box stuff on like the smart tv before it's not it's not bad but anyway right. they did a, they did a poll of of some of their uh, a big chunk of of users and they asked me two questions what is your favorite holiday classic movie and what is your favorite holiday movie made since 2000 so 2000 was that okay. cutoff point right so that way you don't mm. have like elf and it's a wonderful life on the same list because right. to, to right. the point sense. i was making about like younger generations it's like a lot of it like that people movies are paced differently it, yeah. you know in the last 20 right. years you know what i mean right. like you can't really have you have y'all watched the charlie brown christmas special in any recent time because i hadn't seen it forever and then literally two nights ago because they're streaming on apple tv now and and so Cohen had never seen it. And so I was like, let's watch it. It's a classic. I don't think it holds up, y'all. It's a real downer. It's a real it's downer. super slow. Yeah. Like, and, and he starts out, like Charlie Brown literally starts out talking about how he's so depressed. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's just like what? super somber. And then like the pacing is like just... And Cohen was like, "What is this? Like literally, <laughs> like, like, yeah." Well, that's how my one Christmas story was on. It, you, you would have thought we were watching like a Ken Burns documentary about like the Industrial Revolution. Like they're looking at it, like, why are we watching this? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so. Okay, so for the favorite classics, which is it's pre two thousand or after two thousand, yeah. number one on, and I found this kind of surprising. Number one on the classics was Christmas Vacation, uh, that far and away, followed by It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story. Number four was Home Alone. Number five was A Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, I, I kind mm. of, I'm wondering, yeah. I'm waiting. When is Scrooge like the Bill Murray movie? When is that going to make a comeback? I feel like it's poised to, but uh, but those were the top five. So for movies since two thousand. Number one, you guys are right. It's Elf. Elf was number one. Some of these others, I I, I don't even know. I, I I think I've seen. I don't even know if I have. Like, but it kind of makes me think we're in a rut of good Christmas movies because Elf is number one. Two through here's two through five. The Polar Express, Seuss's The Grinch, Love Actually, and Bad Santa. Does anybody care about those movies? Like, who's rewatching? You know, maybe there Bad are people. Santa. Yeah, or, or The Polar Express. Like that Polar I, Express. I, I'm sleep. I've never understood the appeal of Polar Express. Isn't that yeah. Tom Hanks? He plays every character or something. I think yeah, and it's the kid with the with the weird voice. 
Man, Dude, I think it's kids. just the appeal of like a bedtime story. You know, yeah. okay. it's very right. soothing, you know, yeah. for, for kids or whatever. I but, definitely uh, went to sleep a couple of times watching it. So, yeah. But, but another site, reviews.org, which does a lot of, um, uh, obviously kind of, uh, collects of reviews for, for movies and television shows, sort of a rotten tomatoes type of situation. Uh, they, they're taking a different approach to determine the best Christmas movie. And they recently applicate the application period recently closed and, and they, they, they picked someone, uh, uh, who kind of ran, who applied to do this through social media. Um, what they're doing is they're, this person is going to watch 25 Christmas movies in the course of 25 days and they're going to get $2,500 for it. And in addition to um, subscriptions to like all the major streaming services. And they gave them a list of the top 25 kind of most popular Christmas movies. And they have asked this person over that 25 day period, you have to watch all of them and take a, a, a survey that, uh, that, that uh, they put together. And that will determine uh, to their methodology, I guess what the best Christmas movie is. I have a feeling it's going to be, a two-way race between Christmas Vacation and Elf, though Home Alone still holds. Home Alone is still really funny. Home Alone, Home Alone is, is always funny until you sit back and think about this poor child who was abandoned. Still funny, and, yeah. Hey, still Jamie, funny. Jamie's like scared that Christmas trees are going to catch on fire. She's thinking about the safety this of the child. child who got left like, at Home Alone. <laughs> he bad. He's a bad kid. That's we what watch all of them kids. every Christmas, though. Home Alone, all Elf, Christmas Vacation, all of them. Home, right. Home Alone, I feel like, holds up because it doesn't have bad scenes. The pacing still works, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it 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 all culminates with such, you know, the, the last 15 minutes of the movie are, are hold up as just like can't look away hilarity that it is it's really physical comedy and like pratfalls are really tough to do like on paper it's like you know robber steps on nail falls downstairs it's like okay well let's see how this works off the page here but yeah. they right. nail it like they daniel stern's face when that tarantula gets lowered on his face and he like his lips starts quivering he's like <laughs> yeah. it's so funny yeah. it's i can watch funny. the gif without this, the sound and i would laugh day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, don't forget, our president has a cameo in Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone too. Home Alone too. Yeah. Oh, it's Home Alone too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. when he goes yeah. to the Four Seasons, or the, or, yeah. uh, all the uh, plaza, the plaza, the yeah. plaza. Yeah. There you go. All right. So. Uh, I know what Derek has, so we're going to end with Derek. So, oh, uh, good. What do, you, what do you got, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, let's end with Derek because I'm so excited. I have, you know, we talked uh, on Friday show about the best the tweets of last year and then you know jesse's bringing us all of this about uh christmas movies so looking back on 2020 we are like looking back what are the most searched for things what are the things that people are watching and doing the most well there's now a report about about what americans search the bible for the most in 2020 uh you know it's been a rough year understatement of the year but there's some new data from bible gateway which is the the biggest online bible tool that there is out there and no surprise but pro Protests, pandemics, and politics dominated all of their ser- their searches. Um, in fact, they saw searches spike around events this year with COVID-19 lockdown. Um, even when um, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, the murders happened there, they saw tons of spikes in their search for racism and justice and equality. Mm. Uh, anyone want to guess what the two most searched for, no, not the search for, the two most shared verses were of the year from Bible Gateway? I would think... I'll give you a clue real quick, okay? Okay. I'll give you a clue. It didn't change from every year in the past decade. 
I know really? the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to plans to prosper you and not to harm. I'm guessing that's one. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is one. Yes, mm. and then the other one. Come on, the you got it. The other one is. Um, Just think on. of our boy Timmy. T- Timmy Tebow. Philippians four thirteen. Philippians four thirteen. Oh, I thought 4, he did three sixteen. I thought he did John no. three sixteen. No, he was a four thirteen guy. Oh, okay. Sorry, take that. I, I apologized, Tim. Uh, John three sixteen. Both of those. Nothing changed for the last decades. Those have been the most shared Bible verses. Uh, but I will tell you this: we all, the, every year they have the same most searched words, which are love and peace. However, a new word came in third place this year, and it's a word we need. President Obama used it in his campaign. Hope. Hope was the third most searched for word on Bible Gateway. So people were looking for hope this year. People were looking wow. for hope this year. And wow. I don't blame them. I get it. But that was their, their what they said about this year. Hmm. Oh, I don't know beautiful. anybody who shares John 3.16. Have you seen anybody share John 3.16 this year? I share was- Austin 316. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're the two most shared Bible verses and they haven't changed in the last decade. I can see that being the most like searched just because like I feel like people who may not be yeah. familiar with scripture constantly right. encounter it. But maybe it's they're like, hey, starting this is, point. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- hey, this is what that guy at the, you know, the yeah. Raiders game was holding up, you know, yeah. texting it to the friend or something. But yeah, it's not all that shocking. But uh, yeah, it's Jeremiah 20 and 11 is always going to hold. It's always going to come in top. Yeah, it is so interesting, interesting. T- that. It's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Well, this is I'm I'm in, <laughs> in no way a Bible scholar, but like there is other context to to that really sort of shapes the understanding of that verse. And I think it's total. I, look, man, I think grace. Is, I think God would much rather people engage with His Word, even if they don't really understand the full concepts, the context. And I feel like you know the Holy Spirit is really powerful in kind of guiding people to His truth that that seek His truth. But there's a lot of additional context that kind of reframes our understanding of of you of the word you in that verse. You know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. he seems yeah. to be more addressing mm. uh, kind of the nation of Israel and Jeremiah mm-hmm. as a prophet, uh, not necessarily personal. But again, I think the heart of it is good. I think it's, well, it's good that it's people like, at least inter- have an entry point, you know, for sure. There's another one they shared, you know, pandemic was a major search and people were looking at passages about like disease and plague. And that led, they said, the Bible Gateway people said it led them to two verses. One of them is Jeremiah 33, and it says this, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my mm. people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I mean, that taken out of context, you're like, yeah, that's my, I'm naming claiming that verse for 2020 right there. Um, mm-hmm. So they found a lot of interesting things like that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, good for good for all these Bible apps, though. You know what I mean? Making I love it making it easy to to share it. Yeah, I remember. I uh-huh. remember the old school where it was that you know really thin crinkly paper and a highlighter. That was all we got for sharing. <laughs> you know, a little note on the side. Oh, star this one. You know, in case right. I'm coming through. <laughs> Yeah, we we revere the Bible, but it's the one very expensive book that we're allowed to just write all over. Yeah, all I mean? over. Yeah, it was just, like it was like a status thing in in youth group, like who had the most markings on yep. their pages. Mm-hmm. You know, who, <laughs> yep. And yeah. then the hardcore people, they didn't do highlighter, Jesse. You do yellow crayon because mm. yellow crayon doesn't bleed through. So oh, I've never oh, heard yeah. that before. Yellow yeah. crayon. My mom would collect yellow crayons because you know. That's that she'd take them out of my crayon set. She'd just take the oh, yellow out. And then you can highlight it. Yeah. yeah. So you never got to uh do a drawing with the sun, huh? My, I mean, just my like, sons what? were my sons were very <laughs> orange because that's all I could work with. So 
Dang. If you're really hardcore, you color code it for different reasons. Like, <laughs> oh, this one, come back to, this one's about finances. This one's about really, this, you know, you got a whole color oh, system. You that's know? good. Some of those, that, I feel like that's big in like the, the old lady Bible study community. They got like seven <laughs> highlighters for different things. You know, this blue one I'm highlighting for yeah. my grandson. This green one, yeah, they got a little map key with their highlighters <laughs> somewhere, you know? The Bible app has that though. Yeah, like you, you can get straight it, yeah. highlight script. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. Like I'll yep. be going through something and boom, highlight it, have it tucked away. Then I go back and go Put through a little, little note. You yep. feel me? Yep. All right. What do you have, Derek? Y'all, y'all know what time <laughs> it so is, ready. baby. Look, every like you know how many times I've been tagged in this on Twitter, <laughs> so Instagram by the relevant gang. Y'all know what's up. Shout out. Also, shout out to one of my homies. She said. You know, she says she feels bad for me because I'm one of the only Star Wars fans on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Is, you know, when we're talking about space and aliens, Thanos, all that stuff, I feel vindicated. You know, I feel vindicated. <laughs> I'm going to take my it. time with this one. Derek, I wish I would have had my son call you last night because I had to sit and listen to this nonsense <laughs> for like 35 uh, minutes. He should have hit me up. It's he, time. He is so excited. I'm telling you, it's like he... he I'll let you do your thing before I tell you what he told me last night. It's time. Former Israeli space security chief has got everybody in a frenzy. This was trending. And he said those unidentified flying objects that, you know, were declassified earlier in the year Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. not just, you know, just random events, but it's actually like aliens have been in contact with Israel and with the U.S. President Trump specifically Trump and they have formed a galactic federation (laughs) that you have um, aliens and you also have Americans in an underground bunker in Mars and the aliens are here studying the fabric of our universe his name is Haim Eshed I know I'm probably butchering it I'm sorry for my for my Israeli friends but my man Haim, he said, yo, they're here studying humanity. They want to study the uh, fabric of the universe. Now, here's the thing that really tripped me out. He says, there's, an, there's a signed contract agreement between the U.S. government and these aliens. They have signed it and that Donald Trump was actually on the verge of busting this wide open, which is what a lot of people thought. They thought Donald Trump was going to bust it wide open. That's why we had face, Space Force and all of that. But the aliens was like, yo, bro, you got to chill. You got to relax. America's not ready for this. The world's not ready for for them to know that we exist. So right now, it's aliens among us. They just kicking it, <laughs> chilling. They just waiting for the time for our little brains to catch up so they can bow, pop out, and then, you know, it's going to be popping. I'm, look, I'm Did, down. Can I, I'm can I point it. out two, I think, essential things about this story? One, okay, to be fair to 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 Mr. Ashed, who, who made these revelations, He's a pretty decorated former military mm-hmm. general, right? Like, Facts. you know, mm-hmm. but it should also be noted he's 87 years old and yeah. is on a book promotion tour called Secrets of the Universe or something like that. Like, he's got some skin in the game and it seems like he's probably at the age where he doesn't really care about his credibility. Yeah, he's, he's long he since said, retired. I have nothing to lose. Yeah. The, the other thing I think it's important to point out is, uh, do you honestly think? I know that, what you're going to say, Jesse, do, and this is exactly what if, I was thinking. If 
John, John again, I'm not being partisan. This is a personality observation. <laughs> I am if, with this. If Donald Trump, the human being, sat down at a meeting, at a conference table with aliens to talk through this galactic uh, federation deal. Federation, yeah. Do you think he could, he could help himself not to say it? This like, is exactly what I was this, thinking. This, this, this is a, 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 a man who who seems to, to lack any sort of filter Look, I'm not making any, but his Twitter feed, you know, you read yeah. that and you be the judge. Because look, the core of what he suggests, I don't think, like, if you're just thinking about it objectively, right? And just right. like uh, plausibility. Okay. So like, just start, just go down the, the reasoning of it, right? The universe is very big. It's probably pretty likely there are other intelligent beings out there. If they were to discover us, that means they're far advanced. They're far more advanced than us. And it probably thought sure. through a lot of the, they, they, they probably had some manner of thought about what the consequences would be to interact with just this far off planet that isn't as advanced as they are. You, you know, rationally, it would be like, well, we should probably strike a deal with the leaders to make sure we don't just freak everybody out and just destroy that whole planet. So yeah, all that is reason like, in the line, if you just go down, hold, 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 yeah. hold on though. You're coming from outer space, and you're looking at a uh, like the, the Earth, the Earth. Yeah. yeah. Then why would you select the leaders of? Why wouldn't you go to the large? You know, look at China, look at India. Why would you select Israel and the, the U.S. They, they, they it's America. They, it's America, bro. They, like they, they, they see may have. America. They may have. They may. They may have. They do, may have for but, sure. But the other, the other thing too that makes me skeptical of this is. Oh, oh you're skeptical of this? <laughs> is, I'm not. The, I have drank the. The, the other thing that makes me skeptical of this is there have been other. Um, you know, documented cases of U.S. presidents very interested in 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 like classified files about UFOs, and it is some of that information. It seems to be outside the reach of the presidency. Like there are some there are some offices that you know seem to be higher than the presidency when it comes to intelligence issues, especially if the president seems to be a little loose lipsed about <laughs> about things right. that he probably should. Like I, I honestly believe that. that that there are probably it probably wouldn't even go to the president if there if there was an alien deal i don't think the president's being involved i think there, there's probably you know other divisions of authority that are probably taking the so here's here. my rebuttal my rebuttal is this and, and then i'm gonna be quiet my rebuttal is this all right number one trump don't care about the law this man has lost the election he's still talking about he won <laughs> so we know bro don't care but then on top of that Yes, he probably would probably like when you ask the question about the uh, his loose lips, would he leak it? The man started a whole new division of government for space. So I'm just like, okay, I'll give you that. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So maybe he, he maybe he said it without saying it. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? What you, what you think, Jamie? Well, what, you, what you think? I was thinking the you same know? thing when I read it. And it says this is the article. It says claiming President Donald Trump even came close to spilling the beans to humanity at one point until the Galactic Federation talked him down. And I was just like, again, mm -hmm. not partisan here. I take Donald Trump as a man that nobody talks him down from anything. 
And so that, or or so he thinks. <laughs> Although a- aliens might talk you down, you know. They true. say, "Look, we gonna." But we, I, I know, do want to tell you guys this. I knew this was going to come up today, and my son, I, I kid you not, he talked about this like last night, as if it was the best thing that has ever happened in his life to our world to humanity. Mm. He said to me, and I asked his permission if I could tell the entire world this. He looked at me straight in the eyes, and he said, "Mom." If they put people on a spaceship to go meet with them, I would sign up today. You guys, oh. my son has drank the Kool-Aid. He is ready to have a meeting with the Galactic Federation. Federation. He's ready to be a representative from not only Texas, but from the great United States of America. Caden is ready. Well, I, I think Caden would be a better representative because, than the man who we all observe stare directly into a solar eclipse without sunglasses. Okay? I'm going to trust one, pe- one person to handle space stuff. It's either, like I said, someone who, who we've seen stare directly into the sun or, you, or your son who seems to have a, a, a fascination and a very optimistic outlook about this whole situation. Caden is ready to give his life. He's ready this to brings- give his life for this. To me, this brings a new angle to some of the stuff we've seen. Maybe he's not as crazy as we thought. Maybe when he said you could shoot ultra light beams into people's body to kill coronavirus, maybe he got that direct oh, from the Galactic Derek, Federation. You're putting a little maybe spin. Maybe when he said you could pump bleach into your body, he had got that straight from the from the aliens. So I'm just saying, y'all gonna give my man some props. Look, I'm matter of fact, listen. I'm not going to put a MAGA hat on, but, you know, thank you, Mr. Trump. This is going the, in a direction uh, I was not expecting. For the Galactic Federation. <laughs> thank you for, 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 you know what I'm saying, representing us with the Galactic Federation. I'm trying to get my superpowers. I don't know what y'all own, but I'm trying to get mine. The other, y'all the, hate. the other implication is this. that there. Okay, so let's take this guy's word for it. There was a meeting, and they're like... Well, we're not part of the Galactic Federation, so I'm guessing it didn't go well. Like, if they did have a meeting with these world leaders, the aliens got back on their ship and they're like, uh, hard pass on them. Do you believe those crazies? Like, the Federation, like, let's just tell them nicely, hey, the people aren't ready. It's going to cause a panic. We can't let them in. We're not going to be rude about it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're having a, a party. We wanted to invite you. We, you know, it's just not going to work out this time. They let us down easy, but they really, let's say they had this meeting with world leaders are like uh guys um maybe next year we'll circle back see if we stuff tightened up let's get a let's, couple things we'll tightened. just go back to the mars bunker for this a little bit great. and come back yeah man galactic federation uh, camera what you think man you just been telling bro i need you i need you i just the whole thing just feels like grandpa's going senile and it's sad to watch you know he's 87 peddling stuff. I mean, it's just, I don't or know. Or he's it's like, I'm sad. cashing in, man. I'm making one last. I'm like, he's like, he's like, I don't care. I'm writing a sweet alien book and I'm going to go viral and I book. don't care. Like, give me the royalties. Has anyone from our government said anything about this? NASA okay. NASA has. NASA. They did? Yeah. What did NASA say? Essentially, NASA, they're, 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 I'll say this. Their, their statement that I read this morning was surprisingly sort of gracious about it. They said, we, we think there's a very uh, likelihood that there could be life out there in the galaxy. You know, the search for life uh, in all forms as part of NASA's mission. But we don't know anything about any kind of galactic, galactic federation. federation. Yeah. 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 So, so they, 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 did, they did respond. They know. They know. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Andy Stanley joins us. Sorry, Andy. <laughs>
listening to Boy Pablo. The song is Be With Me. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Andy Stanley is an author, speaker, pastor, and the founder of North Point Ministries. We sat down with him recently to talk about his newest book, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets, something we can all use. Here's part of Tyler Huckabee's conversation with Andy Stanley. just by talking about the book uh, why did you decide uh, to write this book um, one of the things I ask people a lot when I'm especially leaders is hey what breaks your heart uh, because when you think about what breaks your heart oftentimes that leads to new ideas new innovation new organization and honestly the thing that breaks my heart since I was in student ministry you know 25 years 30 years ago um, has been watching people undermine their own success with their own decisions. And you know this, Tyler, there's enough headwind in life. The last thing we need is to create more resistance to our own hopes and dreams by just making dumb decisions or bad decisions. So um, through the years, I've sort of cobbled together these questions that I've asked myself, I've, I've taught my kids to ask. Uh, one of them in particular is something my dad raised me on. In fact, at the beginning of the book, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets, I tell a story about the fact that when I was growing up, my dad, who's also a pastor, um, had a terrible habit of he would not answer my questions. Um, and of course, a lot of kids don't want their parents' advice, but I'm saying like when I would ask him to help me figure something out, his response was, well, what would you do if I wasn't here? What would you do if I was I'm like, but you are here, you know, but he he really wanted me to learn to be a good decision maker. And the only way to teach kids not, the only way to teach kids or anybody to be a good decision maker is to put the decision back in their court. I don't want to spoil anything, but can you tell me what those five questions are? Yeah. Well, the first, that's, and that's okay. Um, for, the first question is the integrity question. And the integrity question is, am I being honest with myself? Pause. Really? Am I being honest with myself? Really? Because there's an internal salesperson in all of us that has an extraordinary ability to sell us on bad ideas. And one of the things I tease out in the book is um, whenever we catch ourselves selling ourselves on something, we should hit the brakes because we rarely have to sell ourselves on a good idea. We're generally selling ourselves on a bad idea. Uh, the second question is the legacy question. This was huge for my kids. And the legacy question is what story do I want to tell? What story do I want to tell? And helping my kids and helping me remember that in every decision-making environment, um, especially when things are, are kind of tough and we're having to make a really hard decision. Eventually, this season of our lives is not going to be anything but a story we tell. So before I commit to the decision, when I'm looking back on this, what story do I want to tell? What story um, do you want to tell? Um, the third question is the conscience question. The conscience question is, is there a tension that deserves my attention? That is, and, 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 and 
you know, Tyler, we've, we've all been there where you're making a decision and everything on, in the left column, everything on paper looks great. I mean, this is what everybody does. This is an industry standard. But right before you pull the trigger or as you get closer to making the decision, there's just something on the inside that just gives you pause and you have no explanation. So that's, is there a tension that deserves or needs my attention? Fourth question, um, this is the maturity question. It's, it's a question I've written about before and have talked about since my student days, and that is what is the wise thing for me to do? Not what is the wise thing for everybody else to do, but in light of my past experience, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? And the last question is the relationship question. And uh, this is of the five, this is the one that has no return on investment necessarily, but it's the question that has changed the world and has the potential to change every relationship. And the relationship question is, what does love require of me? All right. So obviously everyone has different experiences, but, but what are some of the, the common themes you see from people who make bad decisions? What are the things that tend to trip us up? Well, and, and this is why the first question, the integrity question is so important. The reason we make bad decisions generally is because we aren't even honest with ourselves. Um, the hardest person to lead is the person in the mirror, always. The person in the mirror, that salesman inside of us, as soon as our heart gets wound around something or someone, we immediately start justifying, which means we just are just a lying. We just come up with reasons for things that, um, well, one of the exercises in the book, this will help answer the question, is I say, imagine going into a retail store and the sales associate saying to you out loud, the kinds of things you say to yourself in your head when you're convincing yourself to do something you know you probably shouldn't do. I mean, imagine a sales associate walking up and saying, oh, well, I see that you already have one, but this one's newer. I mean, a sales associate, you would think, well, I'm insulted. Or what if they said, hey, well, if you get home and don't like it, you can always donate it. Well, no, no, no one would ever say that does. But we say that kind of stuff to ourselves all the time. So, Again, one of the things that gets in the way is we just aren't honest with ourselves. So that whole question of why am I doing this really? Why am I going there really? Why am I calling her really? Why am I leasing this really? I know what I've told everybody else, but come on, Andy, you owe it to yourself to at least be honest with yourself. That in the second part of your answer to your question is the people we surround ourselves with. We just need people around us who will be honest with us, confront us, gently say, I don't think that's a good idea, or I don't think you thought this through, or to the point of the book, I don't, Andy, I don't think you've asked enough questions. You know, Tyler, I don't think you've asked enough questions. You need more information. So those, those two things, they trip us all up. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. Yeah. So that's interesting. When we get to a place like that, um, what would you say to someone who feels lonely or, or doesn't know who to trust there? Well, trust is connected to relationship and relationship is connected to time. So there's no way to rush trust. Um, and there's really no way to rush, to, to rush um, a mature relationship. So that's just going to take time. But what we can, so, you know, can you, one of the questions we ask even as a church is, can you program a relationship? And the answer actually is yes. This is why church is important, why small group is important, why clubs are important. Um, why hobbies oftentimes throw people together with common interests. So while you can't engineer a relationship, you can choose the, the environment that puts you in proximity with people who are moving in the same direction you want to. And one of the, the 
scriptures that I taught over and over and over to high school students. And we, it's one of our key student, our seven checkpoints for students now is he who walks with the wise grows wise and the companion of fools suffers harm. And so the people we do life with are going to influence the direction and the quality of our lives. So it's, it's a great question. It's a big deal. And having people who are making similar types of decisions that we are, again, it supports us when we're trying to make the right decision. What does it look like to, uh, to pray about it? What should those prayers actually be? Uh, what should our expectations for those prayers be? The key I'm confident of is this. There's the personal will of God, which we all want to know, you know, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? But there is the moral will of God, which is sort of these basic, um, this basic framework that we're to live in. These five questions actually keep us in that basic framework that is going to greatly increase our ability to be sensitive to and hear from the Holy Spirit when it comes to those personal decisions. And Tyler, you, you've had this situation, I'm sure, many times where somebody comes to you and they have had no interest in spiritual things. They've not been, you know, whatever terminology you want to use, walking with the Lord or seeking God's will. And then suddenly they have a big decision to make and they've not been asking what is the wise thing to do. They've not been asking what story do I want to tell. They've not been paying attention to that tension. And suddenly they want a very, very, very specific answer to prayers that relates. And the frustration that you've had and I've had in this conversation is, you know what? You just, you just haven't created the context to know. Um, this is why the Apostle Paul says the renewing of our mind. He says, when you renew your mind, you set yourself up to be able to recognize the will of God. His, his words are, and then you will know what the will of God is. So if you want to know what the will of God is personally, then you have to be in the process of renewing your mind generally. And again, you're, we're just going to live closer to that center line of being in God's will. So it's, it's a process, it's maturity, it's everything the New Testament specifically addresses. All right, for the people who read this book and, uh, and have made some bad decisions, do you have any advice about how to move on from regrets? This is so important. Again, you're, you're asking great questions. Um, our decisions, our decisions and our past should always be something that reminds us, but they, our past does not have to define us. And that's why this is such an important, uh, an important topic. Our decisions are like the steering wheel of our life. You decide yourself into a direction. You decide yourself in and out of relationships. We decide ourselves forward. So for the person that has a boatload of regret or is just coming out of a season of regret, my advice is simply this. Hey, you decided your way in. Now you get to decide your way forward. But the only way to decide your way into a better future is to begin asking better questions. What story do I want to tell in the next chapter? And to the point of your question, here's the thing. The chapter of regret may be your worst chapter, but it's not the final chapter. And again, by God's grace, you've got both hands on the steering wheel and the steering wheel of your life are the decisions you make. Write a better story. That was Andy Stanley. Make sure to check out his new book, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. It's available wherever you get your books.
listening to Fleet Foxes. The song is Can I Believe You? Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you for New Year's resolution suggestions for the cast because we learned on last Tuesday's show that Derek and Jamie and Jesse don't have resolutions in mind to kick off the new year. So we went to you guys for to help them get started. Uh, you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you posted on the Relevant Magazine Instagram account as well. Here's a few of our favorites. All right, Ben Stroop, guys. <laughs> this is funny. My God. He says, this is the year. Benny boy. Jesse finally buckles down and learns to long snap and join the Washington football team. Jesse, longtime listeners totally know. Totally Jesse in. has a longstanding theory that if he applied himself for three months, <laughs> he could become a professional athlete like a long slapper, <laughs> long snapper in the NFL. It, it would be, it would have to be, a, it would be like a target sport, like bowling or darts. Or a, a, a weird outlier position. You know, long snapper, it's illegal to even hit the guy. You, you can't know? even I don't even know hit. why they're so big. Right. Yeah, they, they literally got one job. I honestly, right. I don't even, let's, I'm going to be real talk here. Long snapper, I, I, give me a month. Give me a month. I got it. I'll <laughs> nail it every time. I just yeah. spend two hours. Give me, I don't even need a full day. Give me two hours. You know? I feel like Morning. that's the best job. You just snap the ball and make, you know. Gamer and I met a long snapper who yeah. had a Super Bowl ring Super and he seemed Bowl pretty champ. content. Yeah. He seemed Super pretty content. Champ. We read, it, it, we tried on his ring. It's the same ring that and the probably, QB got. Probably so. not a concussion on his medical record. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Uh, ben also suggested for Derek that this is the year he's going to get Jerry Blackwater's album recorded. Hey, let's get it, Jerry. <laughs> Mess with your boy. He said uh, Jamie's resolution should be to finally watch Die Hard. I'm that one's that. already ben, happened. I'm yeah. doing that before Christmas. It's awesome. It, Jamie, you're going to love it. It's seriously like a really fun movie. So I went to the movie last week by myself. I'm going to oh, go yeah. see Die Hard again by myself in the movie theater. It, Jamie, you're going to Die Hard absolutely holds up. Like, I mean, Oh, I could. We, I don't have to do a diehard thing right now, but I, I, I think it, it really set the course for a modern action movie because it, 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 the pacing is great, the comedy is great, the villains are fantastic. You know, there. After you watch it, you should watch um, the movies that made us. It's a great docu series on Netflix. They, they recently okay. released one about Elf, and they have one about uh, um, Nightmare Before Christmas and Home Alone. But they have one about Die Hard, and just the intentionality of the decisions, like. The, uh, the source material, the, the the Christmas party was taken over by terrorists, you okay. know, but the, the director was like, honestly, I want this movie to be kind of fun. Terrorists aren't fun. Like, terrorists are scary and terrible. So they made it these, like, crazy band of, like, robbers and henchmen. And they, it was a great, Hans Gruber is one of the greatest villains of all time. He's, he's hilarious, sinister. Period. Yeah. Derek, you're with me. Karen, are you, are you a diehard you? guy? I, I, I've, I mean, I've seen it. I couldn't recall too much about it other than, like, Carl Winslow is the cop. I remember that. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> his arc, his arc is the most is the most serious and the most dark. I mean, it's about <gasps> police shooting. But either way, very good movie. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all for the Die Hard. Uh, John Gurley uh, suggested. I uh, said, Derek, this is the year that you need to collaborate with Kanye to produce and mix a DMX Christmas album. I'm with it. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. <laughs> and, and and it's your it's your inroads to be in BFFs with Kanye. So. Hey, it's per it's perfect for me. You know what I mean? Like, and I think I think I'll get DMX some slaps. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> John said, "Jamie, your resolution should be to watch every movie that's released in 2021. Since you go to the theater by yourself, I do go to the movie by myself. You guys, I'm not <laughs> afraid of that. Hey, this year there was oh every movie in 2020. I thought you said 2020. I was like, there was only like eight. Four. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Jesse, your resolution, John Gurley said, it should be to re- uh, release to the press that you found Bigfoot in the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know why that's a resolution. You just do that. But Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's, that's yeah. just a life mission. So. Bethany, Bethany says that, Jesse, your resolution should be to pursue your airborne law degree. Hmm. I mean, I... I should found the law program for everybody Air. knows that Sky Jesse law. has a theory about sky law that if you're off the ground, the ground, the earth laws don't apply to you. So if you jump up or float or fly, you can do <laughs> it, things you can't do on the ground. It, it's a theory called terrestrial jurisdiction. And <laughs> the implications are that it's technically not illegal to jump kick somebody because the crime was committed in the sky and no one else sounds that. very libertarian this oh, sounds very, very like elastic something exactly. like Thank you're you for a part of them this yes. is this is at the core of jesse's libertarian leanings is That's that right. he feels that, that nobody owns the air nobody owns the sky how can you how can you property lines don't go vertically it's simple it's, there's no such thing as airspace in my opinion where does it stop to shoot out to the universe forever you do the calculations okay and then we still can figure that out let's just make the sky free free play okay that's all that's all uh, uh let's see i'll just do one more real quick uh john Gurley also said to file all six chapters of bankruptcy by christmas 2021 why is that a resolution why would you want to file all that's six chapters worst. of bankruptcy that's terrible john is a wild boy i uh i saw some of his stuff i'm like he wild he a wild boy john Gurley, wild. shelly swalm uh said podcast road trip to visit area 51 that's the goal for 2021 done is that where I'm all the that aliens one. are? That's where the Galactic yeah. Federation Earth base is. Yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's where they're it. hiding them aliens. Let's yeah. do a live right. show Men from there black. and invite the aliens on, guys. Derek, <laughs> you can reach out to them. You're their man. I'm, I ain't mad. I know. I ain't mad. Me, me and Kaden. <laughs> Kaden's coming. Man, I'm gonna take Kaden with me. Yep. That's my dog. We gonna we gonna go together. You guys. Oh man, there's more where that came from. Go check him out. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier we were talking about uh, the most popular Christmas movies, and you know, it, it got us thinking. We we need we need a new crop. It's been pretty light since 2000. You know, uh, so that's what we're gonna do for this week's question of the week. We want you to pitch us a one sentence summary as well as the title and who would star for a Christmas movie that should be made. Now, if you think about it, classics like Home Alone and It's a Wonderful Life are very dark. You wouldn't think of them as an uplifting Christmas plot, right? They leave their child, Kevin. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a big range here that you guys can give us for one. So what's your elevator pitch for a Christmas movie that should be made and who should be starring in it? And what's for it example, called? for example, yes. you can say Ernest saves Christmas and I'll just stop you there. Greenlit. Okay. What's the next one? I mean, you have it. I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm going to write you a check right now with your name and official information and the, and the amount is just going to be blank. Come back when Ernest saves Christmas is done. There, done. That's the pitch. There you go. All right. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on this episode post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram page. Well, many thanks to Andy Stanley for joining us today. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Andy underscore Stanley. Uh, also, a couple of housekeeping notes. I've mentioned the last few episodes. We're hiring at Relevant. We are looking for an advertising account executive to handle all of our advertising partnerships. Um, and more sales. If you love sales, if you love media, check out the job description at relevantmediagroup.com. Also, we are hiring a writer and social media creator to handle relevant social media. Go check out that description at relevantmediagroup.com as well. Uh, And to get you in the Christmas mood, you know, after all all this talk of trees and movies, um, check out the 
relevant Christmas mixes that we have on Spotify. We're posting a new one every week this month. It's called A Very Relevant Christmas. Part one, two, I think three are out now. Go check them out on Spotify. And also make sure to check out the November, December issue of Relevant, which is out now. It features Matthew McConaughey, Social Club Misfits, Jen Hatmaker, Letitia Wright, and so much more. It's available for free by our presenting sponsor, UHSM. Right now at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. There it is. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I apologize to no one. <laughs> Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.